texts in the book of Romans. Uh, I have... I have been blessed with several great friends in ministry, guys that uh, I've been just so encouraged to call my friends, and uh, uh, whether or not they claim me as their friend is another thing, but I, I get to claim them, and, and uh, we get together in August, we get together once a year, and we come together and we say, hey, uh, what are you preaching, what could we do together, what can we encourage each other with, and and what lessons have you learned, or what are you preaching right now? And so we just share ideas together. And this Sunday, along with several other churches around the country, we are all starting a series on Romans. Now, they, some, they call their series something different. I'm calling mine Belong. Uh, and so we make it our own. And so when I say I'm writing with someone, like we all write our own sermons, and we share them with each other. And if somebody has a good hook or somebody has a good illustration, uh, you know, we just change the name of our children and we swap them in, you know. Uh, and so this is very much a partnership and encouragement. And so uh, friends like Bryce Hotchkiss, who's, uh, who's preaching now in Florida and has preached here for us, and Mark Christian, who preached for us a year ago, he's preaching in uh, Christ Church of Orinoco in Missouri. Uh, and Steve Higgs, a good friend, uh, he's preaching today in... Um, in Decatur, Illinois, and Monty French, who's preaching uh, today up in Rochester, Minnesota, and, uh, and I'm forgetting probably other guys who are in it, but we'll write together, we'll share ideas, we'll encourage each other, we'll listen to each other, and so some things, if, if there's something good and you're like, wow, that was really awesome, that probably came from somebody else, so I'm just going to get credit out of the way, uh, but I just want to always make sure I disclose that, that as I'm writing with and encouraging one another, you all don't really care, but I just want to get, you know, make sure you know, I'm encouraged by people, and you wonder, okay, Jordan keeps pouring out, how does he get his cup filled? And I get my cup filled by having really good friends in ministry, and we check in on each other and pray for each other, and that is such a vital part of my life, and I'm so grateful for them. Uh, and they encourage me and challenge me and hold me accountable. And so I'm grateful for them, and I'm excited to write with them and, and work through this series uh, with you. When we talk about uh, the book of Romans, one of the things that sort of comes to mind is just like how heavy of a book it is. It is truly one of those uh, books that you once you start even, and as we read today's text, you'll just kind of be like, Holy moly, there's a lot to unravel just in the opening phrases of the book. And so from a preacher standpoint, it's just kind of like, okay, what islands do we land on and, and really focus in on at, and trying to digest this entire book? And what I would like for this series to be is simply what I think its intended encouragement was in the first century. And that is, it is an encouragement equipping us and challenging us and helping us know that we belong to Jesus. I, I think at the end of the day, if you just boil down the book of Romans to its simplest form, it is about belonging. How do the Jews fit into God's story? How do the Greeks and Gentiles fit into God's story? How is it that you have been reconciled to God? How is it that Christ's sacrifice has has uh, managed to vanquish sins and provide forgiveness for you. And so Paul covers a wide span of things that are happening, but I think at the heart of it, Paul's message is that you belong to Jesus Christ. You have life in him. And that's today's message 
uh, in a sen- sentence, you belong to Jesus. And maybe you knew that waking up this morning, but sometimes I think we need some uh, orientation. You know, we just got through, uh, we just got through uh, for a lot of schools and, uh, you know, their first week of college and you know, as freshmen come in, there's freshman orientation, and they say, here's where the library is. You know, you should spend time there. And, and uh, if you were me at Great Lakes, I mean, I didn't go to the library near nearly enough. Uh, Ricky did. He loved going to the library. He was a great student. Um, I would study by playing Madden 2008. Uh, it was a good Madden that year. Um, anyways. Uh, I've digressed, and I forget what I'm talking about, other than that orientation was a thing that uh, would you would use to help the freshmen understand the lay of the land and, and where they're at as students at the new institution, how to get to class, where, how you get online, how you plug in, all of those things. And I think as Christians, I think we need orientation of, of our sense of our belonging to Christ probably more than ever. As we think about our identity in Christ and as we've spent time talking about our priority of Christ and spending time with him, I think there is a sense of, well, there are so many things pulling us in so many different directions and saying, well, how is it that I belong to Christ and what does it mean that I belong to him? And so at the end of the series, I hope you have a deep, deep sense and true sort of sense of your identity in Christ so that as we navigate a troubled world, we can remind ourselves who I belong to, why I belong to God, and why I should never doubt in my uh, belonging to him in the sense that I have, a, I have a deep understanding of who God is in my life and what he's done for me. And I think that's a, sincerely a, very much an oversimplification of Romans. And and it's not my intent to necessarily oversimplify, but it is to provide a clear direction that when you pick up the book of Romans, you can say, this is how I belong to Jesus. And this is the good news that is for everyone. That, that God's message that he put on Paul's heart in the book of Romans is a message that God's gospel is for everyone. And so it's about how I belong, but it is also about how everyone can now belong to Jesus Christ. How is it that we have a place in God's family? And so as we spend time navigating through this, I hope that you're encouraged to know that you belong and everyone does too. When I think about for young people, young people, I'm going to try and be hip and with it. Um, I don't know how to do that anymore. It's escaping me, but... uh, there is a poll for all of us. Sort of, you guys remember when you were young? I mean, for some of you, it was a long time ago. Now there's not nearly as long. Uh, but, you know, that sort of sense of how do I belong and how do I fit in? It can be difficult to not really have a clear sense of who you are always. It can feel like I need to dress a certain way, look a certain way. I, I need to appear like I have myself together. I talk to my junior high, high school, Sunday school class this morning and talk about all of the sort of public pressures of getting everything right, having good grades, being a good student, being a good athlete, being a part of things, being a part of 4-H, being a part of all of these extra activities in our lives and feeling like somehow that we will fit in. 
And my question is, is, does it change all that much when we enter into the adult life where we have to, you know, we have all of these responsibilities and we have to try and fit into our workplace, we have to try and fit into our community and do well within our community? There can be all sorts of outward pressures about how we are to belong in this world and find a place. And I think Paul centers us with this very simple and encouraging message today that we belong to Christ. If you'd open your Bible with me, we'll read the opening chapter, uh, portions of the opening chapter of the book of Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith from his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's enough there to keep us busy for like 10 weeks. But let's just look in at the first few things. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. For Paul, his heart is to say of himself, I am a servant, I am a slave of Jesus. And we bring with that so many negative connotations, and I would just invite you to see what he is saying, which is simply saying, I belong, I am associated with, my life is in service of Jesus Christ. He is the one in whom I live my life. He is the master of my life. I am his servant. He is my master. If you are wondering what you are doing in your Christian life and you're, you're sort of wandering aimlessly or thinking, man, Jesus should be making my life a little better, a little easier, or I should have what I want, or we get the sort of relationship mixed up. It is so easy for us to do because Jesus is great and Jesus is kind and he's generous and he's merciful. But at the end of the day, all of us in this room who love Jesus, we are his servants. He is our master. And for Paul, this wasn't a bad thing. And we associate our freedom as the greatest gift that we have. And the greatest gift we have is that we have life in Jesus Christ, that he's the leader of our life. He's the one who's leading and for Paul, right out of the gate in the sort of orientation of getting things right, he's saying, I am a servant of Jesus. And the reason why I'm a servant is because I've been called to be an apostle. I've been called to share this message. And I've been set apart for this gospel of God. And so part of me wanted to call this uh, series uh, the gospel for everyone. And calling it this uh, Paul's proclamation of the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done. The gospel that he has promised, he says beforehand, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So Paul is hearkening back and he's saying, this was talked about before. 
and he's preparing us for what's, what's to come because he's going to navigate uh, the Jewish scriptures and he's going to navigate all sorts of things to sort of sort them out. But he's prepping us with saying, this is all in the Old Testament. Well, the prophets and the Holy Scriptures and all of this, we've been prepared for this moment, this son, and his earthly life, and he's descended from David. He's associating Jesus as king and who through the whole spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God and power. So in all of this, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ is our Lord. If you want to know what the good news is, it's that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He's the Lord I'm the servant. He's the one who's rescued us. He's the one who saved us from our sins. He's the one who reigns as king today. Now the question is, is what does that message, as an introductory statement, sort of in a letter written to a very specific people in Rome, what does that have to do with them? It is hard for us to navigate 2,000 years back into the past and enter into their world, but there was no greater empire in the world than the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire existed, and it, uh, it, expanded, it expanded by its ability to assimilate culture well. It expanded by its ability to assimilate culture well. And what I mean by that is as they conquered new territories, instead of getting them to adopt into their sort of ways and practices as far as their religion was concerned, they just sort of brought them in and said, oh, you have gods that you worship? That's good. Let's worship all the gods we can so that we can keep all the gods happy. Does that make sense? Like, just, hey, oh, you, you guys worship the sun god? Well, we like the sun god too. We want him to be happy. We want the sun to shine today. We want there to be rain. Let's make sure we're worshiping the rain god. We want to make sure that there's lots of babies, so let's worship the fertility god. And I don't know any other gods, but uh, I just wanted to show you what all I did know. And, uh, and so as they are assimilating them into the culture, as they're assimilating them in, it is all about appeasing and keeping them happy, appeasing the gods. And so you could adopt any sort of, and the, the sort of boundaries of Rome could expand and the empire could expand because there was no clearly defined this set of ways as much as let's worship all of the gods possible. Well, there is one rule that they had. You can worship all of the gods, but make sure you know this, that Caesar is the son of God too. And so you could read the book of Romans and you could just sort of work through and say, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. But right out of the gate, Paul is taking a fastball and hitting a home run and he's saying, write to the Roman people, be sure of this, Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. And there's going to be competition and everything For those online, I just revealed my bank account. Um, I'm hilarious. I love that. You know. Now you guys be careful with my social security number, okay? 
Oh, good grief. All right, what was I saying? All right, so as Rome expands, they have, uh, they're expanding their empire, they're assimilating people in, and Jesus is declared Savior and Lord, that he is Lord and Caesar is not. And so this is a sort of competitive statement. It's a contradictory to the culture, and it would be so against the grain that there would be one Lord, one God, one rescuer. And so Paul is... In a way, he's reminding the Christians there that this is the truth that you need in your life, that you need to know with all of your heart. And so as we think about the word belonging, well, the Romans were thinking everyone can belong. Everyone can have their place. Everyone can fit into the Roman Empire so long as you agree that Caesar is Lord. And what Paul is saying, no, no, no. Everyone can belong so long as you know and trust that Jesus Christ is Lord above all and there are no other gods besides him. And so the message then starts this journey towards our belonging in all the ways that we would maybe feel insecure about our faith. Insecure that we don't believe enough or that we don't have enough knowledge or that we don't know the right things. And there would be competition in the Roman world for what is true and what is right just as we face these same pressures in our culture and we get a sense of, well, am I okay today to believe that there's only one Lord and one God and his name is Jesus Christ? Is there a culture around us that disagrees with that? Most certainly there is. And there is a message out there that says everyone can belong with the exclusion that you would think what we think about Jesus Christ. And friends, I look at our message today in the book of Romans and I think, you know, we need this reminder that we belong and we belong because of the work of Christ. We belong because Christ rescued us. We belong because Christ reigns over it all. And so as we kind of jump down a little into verse 14, I want to bring this out for us as well. He says, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is through faith and for faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. You may be reading along in a text and you think, Jordan, you didn't read that right. It might have said a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. There's a lot of disagreement and trying to figure out what is going on there. And here's my simple Jordan translation. Jesus accomplishes everything through his faith so that you can have faith. It is through his work that we have life today. And that can be a real wrestling match. And you may think, okay, that sounds good, Jordan. Just go along with it. But if you type in this passage, you'll get all sorts of translations. And I hope at the end of the day, you just are like, man, Jordan is right. And uh, no. And so if I'm wrong on that, at the end of the day, we're going to lift up Jesus and say this translation is about the glorification of Jesus Christ. That it is his faith that has accomplished great things. 
And because of that, I give my allegiance and devotion to him. Because of what? Of his faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. We can have faith today. Just as because of the love of God that we know what love is today. Just because of the mercy of God, we understand the mercy of God. I stand to reason that because of the faith of God, I can have faith today. And so as I give my life to Christ, as I look at this text and I say to myself, what is God calling me towards? And I look to the example of Paul and he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amid all of the pressure to maybe feel ashamed about what you believe and what you know to be true, Paul says, no matter the consequences, no matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through as a Christian today, no matter the pressure socially, no matter what I've lost as far as family, no matter what, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of this truth that God lives, that God reigns, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we need these reminders, don't we? I'm not telling you anything you haven't already heard time and time again, but we need the reminder, don't we? That it's okay to have courage. It's okay to not be ashamed. It's okay to be proud that Jesus is Lord and King. And this gospel he proclaims, he says, it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. This gospel is for everyone. Everyone who believes. Everyone who gives faith and allegiance and devotion to Jesus Christ. Everyone who gives their lives to him. And so it comes back to, for me, this simple thing. It's for everyone. It's something to be proud of. It's God's saving power. It is for everyone who will believe. And it comes down to this. Will I believe? Will I give Christ my faith? Will I join Paul at the very heart of this message when he says, I am a servant of Jesus. I am a slave to Jesus Christ. If you were to start the letter of Romans, how would it read? And I hope that as we consider our lives and our walk with God, it would begin, Jordan, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. It would begin, I, state your name, <laughs> am a servant of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He's the one I'm living for. In a world that is just saying, believe what you want to believe, think what you want to think, have your way, enjoy your freedom, enjoy your life, do what you want, do what makes you happy, do all of these things. In an effort to make everyone feel like they belong, we've said, think what you want to think, do what you want to do, have your way. And Jesus is calling us out of that sort of sense of feeling like we belong by doing whatever it is that makes us feel right. Doing whatever we want, thinking what we want to think. And it brings us back to this central Thing, the central truth that we build our whole life around. You belong because Jesus Christ is your Lord. And when every one of us share in that truth, our belonging is rooted in the gospel that is powerful to save 
and deliver us from sin. We belong because we've been called to, to belong by Jesus Christ. You've been called to be holy and set apart. You have been called by God. That's why you belong. Christ is working in you today, and he is saying, you belong to me. You are a part of my family. And this series is going to be an encouragement every step of the way that gives you the assurances and the encouragement and the direction that we all need to say, here's why I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner, and I've been saved. I've been showing God's mercy and his kindness. Friends, you belong to Jesus Christ. And when we think about how we want to live in light of that, I think about the work that has been accomplished through the book of Romans. Just in general, as we think about the whole book at, of itself, uh, the Reformation is a result of the book of Romans. Martin Luther read Romans, and he said, boy, we're getting a lot of things wrong. Let's get it together. And the, the course of church history changed because of Martin Luther reading Romans. Paul Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Who wrote Pilgrim's Progress? John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan. That would have been made up. Listen here. You all do this without notes, huh? John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress as a result of, now you're all not going to forget it. I did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, good grief. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress as a result of the book of Romans. We get some of the greatest theological heroes of our faith, and John Calvin and, and Karl Barth and many others have written so much as a result of Romans. And so I invite you to be changed, reformed, challenged, encouraged by the book of Romans. There is no greater letter in all of the world that has changed as much as it's changed, has impacted Christians as much as it is impacted as the book of Romans. Because I think it helps us know the truth about ourselves. That we are lost without Jesus. And there is a world in which we feel like we can belong and have our place and we still feel that great unease. But today, you can know you belong because you are called by God. Let this book do work on your heart and change your life for eternity. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. and Thank you for your love and your grace today. Lord, thank you for the mercy and kindness we have in Jesus. And let us know today the central truth of our lives and every life, and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord. That we are not Lord, that we are not 
the leaders of our own life that Caesar or a president or a government or our bosses or any other thing that we tend to give allegiances to. God, there's, there's only you. You are the priority. You are our central focus, your kingdom, your will, your ways. And so we glorify you today and we thank you that today we can declare without shame, without insecurity, without any sense that we might have something wrong, that you are the savior of the world, the leader of our life. We are your servants. We are listening to you. Guide us now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.